I I am still in Ohio, even though David, you're not in Ohio. Well, I mean, if you live in Ohio, then you're home. Mm-hmm. So and and even though you you decided uh, to no show Alan, you didn't feel like showing up to Ohio. Are, are you guys I mean, speaking slang for like a marijuana thing? Is that why I'm out of the loop? I'm, I just want to make sure I'm like I understand what's going on. Look, there's already enough excitement in Kansas without me having to. Um, Ohio. We uh, basically, basically, what happened was we all, a bunch of us came down with Ohio fever, but uh, Alan was already sick, so it didn't matter. He stayed on the farm while the rest of us headed west to avoid the uh, the bitter, bitter cold of uh, you know the year without a summer. So, at least it's yeah. Ohio fever and not Kansas dysentery. I had that once. <laughs> yeah, I, but Alan has Buckeye blues since he didn't get to come along. <laughs> Dude, Buckeyes are good, man. Yeah, even though they're just basically Reese cups, they are good. They're they're better than Reese cups though, because there's more there's more peanut butter. Mm-hmm. The more proportions like actual, are better. Actual peanut butter. Yeah. So I mean, but, for those for those of you just turning in, this is the first time we've gotten together to record something after um, our really actually pretty successful panel at OhioCon. So it had like 75, 80 people. We packed that room. That room yeah, was you, great. I mean, you said you were doing, uh, you were running tabletop gaming or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. th- that's what I was yep. doing at. Um, that's what I was doing at Anime Los Angeles. Oh, okay. That was a different con. Yeah, we were we were all um, playing. Oh shit! I'm fucking tired. I need to get in the mode. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, I got my tea in front of me for this one. So we we show up to the panel. I'm already. Uh, three drinks in, as you do, because uh, the hotel bar is good. What was the and drink? So, that, what was the drink that you we had before the panel? Because it was really good. Yeah, I have no. It was basically a fucking weird Long Island iced tea that they made up for the con. But anyway, <laughs> um, I, I'm buzzed. Probably not buzzed enough. So I cut. I, <clears throat> we get there. The room's packed, and they said there were too many people in the line. So we had to let everyone into the room. And it's like, cool, great. So we start setting up and everything. I walk by and I see this little girl dressed up as Derpy with a little Derpy plushie. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, can I uh, pet Derpy? And she just like really shyly nods yes. So I just pat the Derpy on the head like pat, pat. That is the toy, not the little girl. (laughs) <laughs> and then we get everything set up. We do the whole, uh, you know, hour and everything. And then afterwards, the little girl comes up, and apparently she's like the one person who showed up who's a fan of the show. <laughs> so it turns out that she wasn't shy because I was acting weird and drunk and everything, but because she was like starstruck, <laughs> which is fucking weird. That's uh, awesome. Considering that's the only person I interacted with in the crowd, and it's just like <laughs> my sixth sense knew this little girl is the one to interact with, I guess. Um, so Derpy Chan, if you're out there, uh, that is a smile I am pledging to protect. 
Aww. <laughs> Derpy Chan, you were great. Uh, thanks for coming up to see us. We, we always like uh, meeting people who, who know about the show. And, and if you're a new fan and you're, you came to listen to us because of that panel, uh, welcome. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. And we're glad you guys showed up to the panel to give us a chance. And they have no fucking clue who I am. Oh, well, no, no, no. We had we had people there representing you, Alan. And actually, you were the one messing with the lights, right? Oh, yeah, that was me. That was you. And I kept thinking it was you in the very back of the room, that tall, faceless figure. <laughs> As, uh, since when, I've listened, since when does I've Shaq not have a face? <laughs> I've, I've listened to the OhioCon recording now, and there was supposed to be surrogate me's there. But they did not do a very good job of disrupting the event proceedings with inane <laughs> bullshit. So, <laughs> or slam dunking. Right. That too. There wasn't enough dunking going on. So, um, so yeah, this has been this has been good. Um, welcome back to our regularly scheduled undercooked analysis. I'm your regularly scheduled host, irregular David King. Um, it, it, that the reason I say that is because as of this recording, Midnight Marinara is on a little bit of a seasonal hiatus until October. This was new, this was something I had to come to a decision on, um, with a with a bit of dread because I was worried people were just gonna run, be like, "Well, fuck you," and run to the hills. But everybody's been really supportive, and uh, I promise you guys that uh, for those of you who enjoy Midnight Marinara, I'm not gonna let you down. When October rolls around, uh, we're gonna kick things back into gear again. And I'll have a nice backlog of material for everybody to listen to. So that will start being released in October. And who um, knows? Maybe there will be, like, a holiday special for for not a holiday holiday. There will be some fun stuff in the in the interim. I can promise you that. There's already There were already a couple projects we were looking at going, we, we got to do these. Um, so don't worry. <laughs> there, will, there will be fun things. Um, in fact, uh, one thing I want to say is that we will be doing pro- po- a lot more original content now that I have a small cabal of writers around me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, speaking of which, I think everybody in this everybody in this chat should be familiar to some, but you might you might be hearing a new voice tonight. So let's let's go around here real quick. Obviously, uh, Dead Palette is here. Just as David is irregular, I use Metamucil. Uh, and so I'm right perfectly thing. regular. That's the right thing to do. So, Basically, I'm just going to be irregular until October, and it's going to be such a relief. <laughs> uh, just build it up until it's a nuclear bomb. And then it's just gonna, it's just gonna, everyone's gonna get, everyone's gonna get a whiff of it. Oh my god, we should probably do introductions already. But like Monday, I had the worst case of constipation slash diarrhea at the same time it was the worst it was like i was at work and like the whole time it was like three minutes of painful painful constipation and then a minute of like oh god i'm going to shit myself any second and then right back to the to the three minutes of constipation so out of curiosity is this like is is this foreshadowing what the story of the day is about tonight no we're just shooting the shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just stood <laughs> right out. Anyway, the the that the was a really crappy joke. Ah, uh, man, the, ah. The, the scatological humor tonight. Uh, and then uh, Alan and uh, we have Alan with us to, since he couldn't be with us for OhioCon. He's here with us today. He feels bad, I'm sure. 
Uh, yes, I feel terrible. Um, Good. Uh, I don't feel too terrible though, because I'm drinking. Uh, I've got a I've got a tumbler of uh, Glenlivet 12 year old Scotch here. Oh, nice. And uh, I was gonna save this story till when we didn't have a new guest on, but Dead Palette kind of fucked that up. So uh, <laughs> I was sick for a week, and while I was sick during that week, uh, I I was playing Resident Evil Seven. Um. So the combination of those two things uh, resulted in the first time something has literally scared the shit out of me. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, because we should tell that on this podcast and not on the witching hour. I don't think they'd appreciate that as much. <laughs> I mean, we, we started so many scat jokes and references already, we may as well tell that story tonight. <laughs> You know, we were we were leading unconsciously. We were all leading into that for Alan. So Alan, because Alan actually told me the story last night when we were playing Overwatch. And I was like, I'm probably going to mention this on the podcast and be super embarrassed about it. But then I was like, I'm probably not going to say it on the Mike McDee episode <laughs> just because we haven't just because we haven't met him yet. I haven't met him yet. But nope, here we are. Well, and then all the are. shit jokes started coming out, and you figured, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, you already gave away the the name of our special guest. Uh, you may know him from uh, stories such as Whispers or Babby's uh, First Sleepover. Uh, we read Bathroom Anxiety uh, on a previous episode of Undercooked Analysis. Uh, he's actually written quite a few stories, and most of which I've read, um, and a, quite a few I enjoy. Um, he is Mike McDee. Welcome, Mike. Hi, and I'm not regular or irregular. I'm just irritable. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, after uh, after bathroom anxiety, uh, I, I had not read anything else of yours. Uh, David turned me on to a lot of good stuff. So yeah, good to have you, man. Oh, good. Good to hear that. Good to hear that it's not all as meh as that one. Because <laughs> I'm never really sure. I just see words on the page. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, my favorite. The thing I, I mentioned that I loved about bathroom anxiety was just how dislikable are your. Uh, your your protagonist big quotes around that was so, that was probably the most fun I have with the story. She was she was a riot. <laughs> one of, one of you made the reference to her like hating Zach Tobin so much that she like left an angry message. She must message at like three a.m. and that was the funniest freaking thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> I don't remember what I was I don't remember what I was drinking at the time, but when that came up, it was all up in my nostrils at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I wish I, I kind of had the idea like maybe I should just you said like at the end like you kind of wish he just um, he had just gone full blown full blown schlocky with it and just really bad at the end just like have it go batshit insane out of left field for the last stretch of the story and I thought about going back and just doing that and just like turning it into some insane evil dead thing just out of nowhere <laughs> you could, that'd be great <laughs> You could do it like, uh, you know how, like, Uwe Boll did, like, House of the Dead, the funny version? <laughs> you could just do that. <laughs> and then just start reading the comments rolling in. It's like, what the fuck happened? What am I reading here? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so considering we, we pretty much came on and, 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 you know, poked fun at your story. But, again, we all had a great time reading it. So, uh, yeah, you know, thanks for, for being good sport about that, Mike. Oh yeah, I mean, I I wasn't crazy about it myself. It was kind of an experiment. 
a lot of a lot of the stuff I write is experimental, and it's interesting to hear when people point out what's wrong with them. Because a lot of times I don't know what the hell is wrong with them. I just know something isn't right. So I'm like, all right, you sit on the shelf then, and you can disappear. I'll just work on something else. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I go out of I go out of my way to make sure every other story I write is garbage. So. Well, I mean, too, the other thing is, like, that's that's the thing is, like, you know, we we do this because we, we want to help people improve their craft. And if you, you, you took something away from that, then that's yeah. that's good. And we, I still derive a lot of enjoyment for, from the story. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. So. I mean, you, you guys you guys actually, like, have something to say about the stuff you read. And it's not just like, I didn't like it. It was it was lame. You know, like you actually articulate yourselves, which is really valuable. We do like some other people we know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, no, what, uh, usually, what usually happens is uh, Brandon and uh, David articulate themselves, and then I go, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard you make good points, too. You guys uh, were okay. – you guys uh, – I really like when you read the um, the Ronald McDonald House one, because I read that before you had it on the podcast, so I knew what I was in for. Yeah, I knew um, what you guys were in for, and I was just kind of snickering. And you had so many great ideas for how to make it such a better story using the McDonald's theme. And I'd like to see that version of it. Well, you know, I'm sure such a version could uh, could exist out there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> was it you wanted to use the ball pit for something? I can't remember what. Yeah, we we should have had the ball pit because what's what's more horrifying than you know finding a stray band aid in the ball pit? You know, like <laughs> exacerbate that a little bit. Um. So since we did bath, here's here's my plan for tonight. Here's my evil scheme for tonight. And I haven't, I've I've screened this a little bit earlier. So, um, but the thing is, since since mm-hmm. du- our good friend Dustin Kosky from <coughs> Chilling D- Tales from Dark for Dark Nights and uh, the Simply Scary podcast was here to read Bathroom Anxiety, I thought now might be a good time to turn the tables a little bit and read one of Dustin's stories. So. <laughs> Sorry, I have a cold. Fair enough. So uh, tonight, we are going to read... uh, Everybody get your camping gear back together again. This seems to be a theme recently. We're doing uh, My Last Camping Trip. He's written a couple other ones uh, that sound promising. Uh, Another one he's well known for called Please God uh, is in chapters. So uh, we don't want to... Do, if we're going to do something like that, we'd want to do that in segments. But if for a one-off, I figured my last camping trip would be good. Um, there was another one he wrote, uh, he and his brother, for a, uh, a bog leech uh, contest called uh, The Man in My Eye. And that also looked pretty neat, but uh, we, we'll save that for another day. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the, vote, the vote was put up to me, and I was like, well, there's a camping trip one. And it's kind of our thing now. <laughs> as long as it's not Huntsville, as long as it's not a camp out in Huntsville, we should be okay. I'd be okay with a camp out in Huntsville, <laughs> which is what you just almost said. Huntsville would be amazing. <laughs> All right, so uh, I've I've linked the story. In our in our little group chat, uh, does everybody have it ready to read? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering yep. if I've read this one before or not. It seems familiar. But... I have not. I'm going into this completely blind. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, Mike, if you if you recognize it, uh, you you let us know. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, it's it's so vaguely unsure right now that I'm, I'm it might as well be blind for me too. So, <laughs> fair enough. Um, all right, I'll um, let's see. I'll start us off. Um, <laughs> who would who wants to go after me? Me. Oh, Kidok. Get I'll that short there. paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then Alan, then Mike. Sounds good. All right. Cool. One day in September of 1983, we decided to go on a patrol camping trip so that we'd get some prizes at the end of the year. Our scout troop owned a campsite on the top of a big rocky hill. It was just our rotten luck that when we agreed to meet uh, to start the camp out, there had been a steady rain going on all day that didn't look like it was going to stop for hours. But our parents were all either going away for the weekend or thought rain was no reason to cancel a camping trip. Anyway, it was just barely going to be warm enough for this to be our last chance to have a patrol camp out that year. There were four of us trudging up one of the thin paths on the hill with our limited gear under dismal green ponchos. Me, Eric, Tony, and Sam in that order. We were miserable and irritable except for Tony. Tony was great. (laughs) <laughs> I've heard of irritable bowel syndrome, but not miserable. Like that's that's a whole another level. I think that that's what I had when you have constipation and diarrhea at the same time. It's miserable, Mis- bowel, miserable syndrome. bowel syndrome. We are gonna hit a new low with the poo jokes. Yeah, you might have actually had a touch of Kansas dysentery, actually. Mm. There. there you go. Isn't it like? Oh, we've made a new friend. Let's talk about poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swore but, to myself at the beginning of this, this would never sink to that low, because I am not generally a fan of this kind of humor. But, but... We're letting loose. We have, we have I mean, to keep I've, my I've and clenching up. I mean, I've been... First of all, you have to break me in somehow. And secondly, I've been dragged into random BDSM conversations in a Denny's parking lot with at least one guy who was cross-dressing at the time. So I'm... Pretty open to whatever. <laughs> oh, you have to? <laughs> Does, doesn't everybody have that experience? At least once. Well, usually no. blank in a Denny's parking lot is an experience that someone has. Yeah. yeah. Or, or seeing, <laughs> nothing seeing... good. Nothing good has ever happened in a Denny's parking lot. No. <laughs> you speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We had reached a point where we enjoyed hurting Tony. What? (laughs) Rather abrupt tonal shift. (laughs) Tony was one of those kids that get put into Boy Scouts of America only because they have a parent that wants free babysitting. I imagine most of the time his mom mostly talked to him by yelling at him, and the only way he knew to relate to the rest of us was to annoy us. He was also the youngest guy in my patrol and the shortest, so it was fairly easy for us to bully him, especially when we thought he was doing his best to bring it on himself. I think Tony was delighted that the rest of the patrol was already on edge, so it would be easier for him to get a rise out of us. At that moment, he had decided to focus on Eric. Uh-oh. We were miserable and irritable except for goody-two-shoes Tony. We were plotting to kill him that night. <laughs> so we, so I'm, I'm Googling to find out whether Boy Scouts of America is free, because I didn't know that Boy Scouts of America was free. And the second thing that comes up <laughs> is a porn site 
when I type in, <laughs> oh, is Boy no. Scouts free? <laughs> it's sextubebox.com backslash search Boy Scouts? Um, okay. Uh, NS- Boy Scouts. NSA, should be, yep. NSA should be knocking on your door any minute now. Apparently. <laughs> 15 to $24 per year for all registered youth and adult leaders. Mm. So, not kind of Free? That's basically. But that's, that's for leaders. Free. That's for leaders, though, right? I mean, I was never in Boy Scouts. I don't know. Uh, registered youth and adult leaders. Oh, okay. Okay. Huh. So, how do I get my free Boy Scout? <laughs> <laughs> well, click the link and find out. I was gonna say either do that or ask Dustin if you want to avoid getting a computer virus. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do I get? How do I get my own little thin mint? Oh no! <laughs> That's girl. How do I get my own little tag asking, along? You end up asking Dustin. The first thing he says is like, "All right, well, whatever you do, don't look it up yourself. And if you do, don't click the second link." <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, you'll wake up. You'll wake up the next day in a Denny's parking lot, and nothing good ever happens in a Denny's parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike. Mike, you're a natural at this, brother. Welcome to the fold. <laughs> Five years of theater finally pay off. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, it's your turn. Yeah. Eric was a real goody-goody most of the time. He was a pretty good athlete and an A student. I'm pretty sure that at 15 he'd never had sex, a puff of anything, or any booze. But he loved beating on Tony as much as the rest of us did. That seemed to be his only vice, and frankly, it kept the guy from creeping me out by being too perfect. He'd certainly look ready to give somebody a beating when I glanced back at him during that little hike. Hmm. I'm trying to get a gauge on, like, who's wrong. Because apparently, <laughs> like, Tony is a shithead, but they're all just beating him up. <laughs> yeah. Is this that whole, where that whole boys will be boys rhetoric comes in? Maybe. I mean... It's like, Tony seems, like, maybe a little bit sheltered and naive, and everyone's just kind of thumping on him for it, so... Yeah, so... I'd say technically Tony's the one who's kind of in the right, because he's just kind of being himself, and everyone else is giving him a hard time for him. People in a Denny's parking lot will do as people in a Denny's (laughs) parking lot will do. That, uh, that, and then when Tony woke up, he was in a Denny's parking lot, and for some reason he was surrounded by clowns. And he was only wearing a jock strap, and for some reason he was covered in muddy hoof prints and chocolate sprinkles. <laughs> uh, for some reason, Claire de Lune was playing on a loudspeaker in the background. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> hey, Eric, Tony said. I glanced back over my shoulder. Tony had run up next to Eric like a puppy dog because he knew otherwise Eric would ignore him. There was barely room on the path for him to do that if he turned himself sideways. What? Eric said. I can read your mind. Sometimes Tony would be weird or still like a little kid when he pestered us. I know what you're thinking. (laughs) I can read your mind. You don't like me. (laughs) (laughs) Never, uh, <laughs> this is, this is perfect. This, uh, they might be giants. <clears throat> okay, Eric said. I looked forward again. Think of a number. I can guess it. Tony was pitching his voice up. Okay, Eric said. It's 30, Tony told him. 
No. You're just saying that. Really, I was right. Wasn't I? Huh? Wasn't I? When did when did uh, Tony become... Tony is like the, the dog from uh, the Looney Tunes cartoons. You know, the one who follows... Uh, oh, God. The little dog who follows the bulldog <laughs> around. He's my hero because he's so brave and strong. You know that guy? Yeah. <laughs> from the sound of Poncho's wrestling, I assume that Tony began to push against Eric. He would do that for minutes on end if you'd let him. Sometimes he might even start humping your leg if you if you were another scout. <laughs> now he's coming into scrappy doo territory. Oh man, is 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 Tony? Is Tony like on the spectrum or something, or is he just socially inept? Or is he a dog? <laughs> Maybe Tony's actually a dog. Maybe they're dog scouts. Yeah, this is this. That's the no. Don't spoil the twist. The twist is at the end. They're all dogs. Yeah. <laughs> all dogs go to heaven. Yeah, that that explain. Okay, it's, it's like that Goosebumps book, only not quite as dumb. <laughs> no, this is basically the the story doors. Oh. Also, I'm so- also I'm sorry I started laughing. David said from the sound of Poncho's wrestling. That <laughs> <laughs> really rustles my Poncho. Oh no, he's going for the people's elbow. <laughs> Get away from me, said Eric. It's said. Like- I didn't see it, but it was obvious even before I turned around what had happened. Eric thoughtlessly pushed Tony away, just wanting a little creep, the little creep off of him. As narrow and as slippery as the trail was, he had to push Tony off of it, off it. Tony screamed as he went down the very steep portion of hill, catching, almost catching several trees before having his leg tripped out from under him by a stump. The stump was unfortunately only a little uphill from a large sandstone rock. Tony went into it headfirst with the sound of a loud crack. I uh, stared at him for half a minute or so and he didn't so much as twitch from what I could see. That motherfucker was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Go tell Aunt Rhodey that Tony is dead. Like they say, P I A D P L W D W P I A D P W D. People in a Denny's parking lot. You have you have Microsoft Word open and you were typing that out just to get it right, You're waiting for the right moment to share it. I mean, you can't see me, so whatever. <laughs> that is. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, that was actually deliberate, like <clears throat> deliberate coughing on it. That was um, a good impression of Tony hitting the bottom of the hill there. <laughs> well, the sound of Tony okay. hitting the bottom of the hill just vocally would be, ah! <laughs> like that. And then nothing. Uh, forever. Because he's dead. Um, oh my say, god! <laughs> Sam said after a long silence, which seemed to snap the rest of us out of it. Let's go help him! Nah, I said, and then we went home. <laughs> <laughs> all right so what do we think of this story um it's it's taking a rather interesting turn pretty quickly <laughs> the fact that they murdered that kid almost just, it's it's like lord of the flies all over again you guys it's, it's like it's a really though. rapid acceleration to that though because like we start from like yeah tony was a nice kid but we really hated him we just beat it him all the time and then this one kid pushed him off a cliff <laughs> yes it's, it's not so it's not so much a twist as it is a trip Oh, wait, I'm sorry, I misread that. There's actually more to the story. 
<laughs> it's just sort of like um now now we're now we're starting on my last camping trip the true vision my last camping my last camping trip it's over a stump so you hit your head on a rock was dustin just trying to figure out how fast he could kill a kid in this story <laughs> so i'm pretty sure he broke a record <laughs> and broke a skull yeah and a few and a femur and uh, a few ribs yeah, I said. Back then, this meant running down there to carry him to the nearest house out of the park since cell phones for kids were still decades off. I tried to start down the trail, but Eric was still standing by the, in the way. He turned to me. Cell phones for kids were still decades off. Cell phones for kids. Did anybody so, have cell phones? So this is 1983. This... <laughs> no. 80, 80, oh, I... I forgot it was 83. I was thinking, like, so when I were in the 50s and, like, Little Orphan Annie's going to show up at some point. <laughs> See his dead body at the bottom of the hill and go, Lippin' lizards, you killed him! <laughs> <laughs> Gee, golly cheapers. we got to tell people what happened, right? Sam stopped and looked o- over at us. Eric looked down at him. we got to tell, uh, tell everyone that he slipped and fell. Got it? We've got to help Tony! Sam shouted. And we will, Eric said. But first, we need to be clear that we're going to tell everyone that he fell, right? You got me? That's what we tell everyone? I don't know, I said. I didn't see it happen. Eric looked at me and nodded. That seemed good enough for him. Then he looked back at Sam. You pushed him. We have to help him, Sam said in bewilderment. Sam had never been the cleverest guy in the patrol, but I would have thought he have the sense to play along under the circumstance. Sam had never been the cleverest guy in the patrol, but he was the only one of our group who wasn't a sociopath. When we got back, we had to tell everybody that Sam had also slipped and hit his head on a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's just the rest of the stories. Everyone systematically, quote unquote, slipping and hitting their heads on rocks, and only one kid ends up going home to tell the story. Um, it was pretty wacky, Mom. It was weird. Everybody kept falling down the same hill. It was almost like just everybody was just having a really clumsy day, you know? They're having sometimes they're a really clumsy day. Uh, am I at we will? Uh, what, what was that? <laughs> am I at we will? Yes. Okay. We will, Eric responded. But first, I need you to say that you'll tell everyone that he slipped and he fell. I nodded desperately at Sam, gesturing for him to tell Eric what he needed to hear so that we could get down there to try to help Tony. No, said Sam. Eric stared at him. All right, Eric said. Let's go. We walked quickly, not about to run for fear of slipping and falling like Tony just had. It wouldn't have done you so much. Uh, it wouldn't have done you much good anyway. Jesus Christ, Brandon. Uh, Sam said after a little while, apparently trying to help Eric feel better. Tony still would have told everyone you tried to kill him no matter what. <laughs> it's a, don't feel bad, Eric. He would have welched on. He would have squealed on you anyway. Well, who's to say he doesn't have systematic amnesia, though? I mean, you could take that into account. Mm. If yeah, he's but... alive, he's going to have a serious concussion, at the least. I love the context of this sentence. 
Yeah, but that's Tony. Who'd have cared if the rest of us had our stories straight? Like, <laughs> everyone hates Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Eric answered, his voice flat. He seemed to speed up from behind Sam. Which way do you think would be the fastest to- Hey! Eric grabbed Sam. Sam yelled as Eric dragged him to the edge of the path. Say it! Eric shrieked. Say that you'll tell everyone that he slipped. Eric sounded more scared than he did intimidating as he held Sam at the edge of the path, seemingly ready to let him fall. Fuck you. (laughs) He's falling, apparently, I decided. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Something down the hill. Flipping the bird in stereo the whole way down. Um, fuck you, Sam yelled, and he began to flail. He hurt Eric more than I would have expected, judging by how Eric grunted. It sounded almost erotic. Maybe it was pure adrenaline, but Sam got free somehow and began to push him to the other side of the trail, right on uh, into a cliff. So, wait, do you mean they're, we're pushing him into the, the side of a cliff or off an edge of a cliff? I assume into a cliff means, like, since they're on that steep trail, is toward the side with the where there's not an incline? Yeah, I would walking, assume so. I, I, I get the impression he's put, basically pushing him against the mountain. The, that's like kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> Jesus Christ, stop fighting, I yelled at them. I might as well have been speaking Chinese. Turns out I was speaking Chinese. Also, we're all, I'm a dog. We're all dogs. That's the twist. <laughs> Don't give it away! <laughs> I might as well have been speaking Chinese. I took a few steps closer and saw there was murder in both their eyes, so I stepped back. <laughs> Sam got his hand on Eric's chin and pushed his head into the rocks behind him as hard as he could. Eric was really trembling then, like an old man with Parkinson's. Oh. <laughs> well, that confirms that they're up against the rock wall. So It also confirms that it's 1980s, because the uh, narration is very politically incorrect. It, all, it also <laughs> confirms that this is the 1980s, because this is what kids do in, in, in like an 80s film, you know? <laughs> I mean, we, oh, yeah. we, all, we all watched Stranger Things just recently, no, right? I, I, did, I, did a I did a stand-up bit that, like, I was bullied as a child, but I didn't think I was bullied. Because I watched 80s movies as a child, and I was like, bullies aren't people who tease you. Bullies are people who try to fucking kill you. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> bullies will push you into rock quarries if you don't give them their lunch money. You know, Jeff the Killer kind of works as, like, an 80s movie in that regard. Yeah, if you know, that's the only way I could see Jeff the Killer actually being played as kind of played kind of straight as a movie. If you actually put it in the context of it's actually a like kind of self-aware '80s movie, like dark parody. Actually, it's what exactly it is. It's like a kid's version of Roadhouse with like a horror <laughs> twist. So Patrick yeah, it, it, it totally is an '80s movie. <laughs> Patrick Swayze is w- Jeff the Killer. I would I would direct a kid's version of Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Not like censored, not like a not like a censored version of Roadhouse. Just a remake of Roadhouse with, with a shot-for-shot remake of Roadhouse with children. <laughs> <laughs> Starring uh, Ronda Rousey. But you'll yes. but you'll call it you'll call it uh, Sam Peckinpah's Peanuts. 
Charlie Brown gets fed up with Lucy's shit, and they duke it out by the river, and then he rips her throat out. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. They, find uh, her la- they find her later um. with, uh, with a football jammed in her mouth. <laughs> anyway, uh, Parkinson's. Uh, <laughs> it was as if he was experiencing a panic attack in the middle of a fight. Even so, he wasn't going to just take Sam's beating. He grabbed Sam again and kind of picked him up like Sam was a tackling dummy and then charged forward blindly, Sam's poncho over his face. He misjudged the distance to the edge of the path, and both Sam and he went rolling down the hill. They struck trees with sickening noises as they fell to a level area. Is this whole story just kids murdering each other? I I was joking earlier about, like, like systematically all the kids just keep falling down the same hill, but it turns out that's actually what's happening. Because if so... I'm into it. <laughs> guys, guys, I, like I said, this is turning into Lord of the Flies. Like, just it's seriously. It's like an abridged version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like if the Lord of the Flies were like everything fell to shit the second they arrived on the shore. Like, literally the like, moment right. they, got, they got to the island, they're just like, huh, this sucks. And then one kid immediately picks up a rock and just like, <laughs> in throwing it, like, kills three kids at once. <laughs> Sam Peckinpah's Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. They were much more fortunate than Tony. They were only mostly dead. <laughs> I could see their movements and hear them screaming when they stopped. <laughs> That's not more fortunate. Tony's dead. <laughs> they can't. He can't feel this shit. I could see their movements and hear them screaming when they stopped falling down the hill. But neither of them even tried to get up. I walked as quickly as say and I walked as quickly as I safely could down the trail and then looped back round to where Sam and Eric were. Both were, I guess that makes sense. Both were yelling for my help at first, but as I proceeded down the trail, Eric abruptly went quiet. My leg is broken because Sam's also falling. Sam told me as everybody. If 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 someone talks in a paragraph that Brandon has, they're just falling down a hill. As soon as he saw me arriving, where they'd fallen. The bone is sticking out. It was true. <laughs> Somebody it. help me put it back in! <laughs> the, the shard of, of my bone it has cut up my poncho. Uh, his poncho was folded up, and I saw the bulge mm, in his lower left <laughs> pant leg mm, beneath his knee. Uh, blood had soaked through his pants and, with rainwater. Hmm. Uh, hey, Eric said flatly. (laughs) Not sure that's blood. Hey. His lack of emotion made me look over at him as Sam screamed at both of us. I think I hurt my spine. I can't move my legs. I can't feel them. From what I could see of how his body was twisted, that might well have been possible. These two people, by the way, who were more fortunate than Tony. (laughs) Yes, let's reiterate that. (laughs) Tony's just unconscious. He'll be fine. I'm sure he's just unconscious. I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> Tony just walks up like, "How's it going, guys?" <laughs> well, those assholes fell down the cliff too, huh? <laughs> a bunch of tools. Tony just like wakes up, doesn't have any uh, recollection of being knocked out, and is just like, "I kind of have a dull headache." But what happened here? Wait, I know exactly what Tony does. He goes he up just, and says, "Hey, I can read your mind. Remember, you're in a lot of pain right now." 
<laughs> he just walks up like, oh man, I packed my I packed a parachute. I'm always prepared. You know, free babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Where'd you get your merit badge in a Denny's parking lot? <laughs> And this merit badge is for getting into a fight in a Denny's parking lot. <laughs> and this merit badge is for illegally trading a gun in a Denny's parking lot. <laughs> this one's this for falling down for a cliff like an idiot. <laughs> if I get enough uh, merit badges, I'll get a discount at Denny's the next time I eat there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know how Eric could be so emotionless about it. But in hindsight, of course, he was in shock, if not in psychological denial. All right, guys, I'll go do what I can for Tony, and then I'll help. I'll get help for everyone, I said. Sam screamed at me that that was the wrong thing to do, that I should leave the park to get help immediately. For all my first aid training, I didn't know if either of us were right. I thought maybe there was something I could do with the first aid kit for Tony, whose injury had seemed the most severe. <clears throat> maybe Tony had vomited and I had to clear his breathing pa- passage. I had to check on him. I tried to reassure them before leaving. Sam swore at my back as I ran over to Tony while Eric remained quiet. Uh, oh, wait a second. Uh, maybe Tony had vomited and I had to clear his breathing passages. Passage. Yeah, maybe he barfed. Maybe that's what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just walked up to Tony's like comatose body and just like, Tony, buddy, I brought some Tums. <laughs> Tony weakly says, I can read your mind. You're an idiot. That's not what's wrong. <laughs> Guess what I'm thinking right now, he said with clenched fists. <laughs> uh, I ran to where I'd seen Tony hit uh, Tony's head hit the rock. I had walked by it on hikes and camping trips numerous times and knew the rocks and trees. I'd seen the rock that Tony had hit his head on numerous times. Wait, <laughs> I, knew when I'd, I knew when I'd reached it. When I did, I froze for what felt like minutes. I remembered that Tony had actually hit his head on this rock several times. He'd seen the rock several times, or he had hit his head on the, the same rock several yeah, times? Yeah, the sentence is a little weird. I'm not going to fault it. It's just it, I'd seen the rock that Tony had hit his head on numerous times. Like, it makes sense. Like, structurally, it makes sense. But... It can be read like, oh, Tony had hit his... I mean, I don't know. Tony, I found this big red mark where your head hit the rock. Did you barf? (laughs) (laughs) Do you need some tums? That's 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 a solution. That's that's Tony's barfing stone. That's his first aid training. (laughs) (laughs) That's the extent of his first aid training. He goes over to the other two guys. Here, take some tums. That'll make you feel better. Uh, Got an alka seltzer for you. <laughs> uh, are you ready? You ready for your paragraph, D- Dead Palette? Yeah. Tony was gone. <laughs> Whoa! This time he's not falling; he's ascending to heaven. That time the narrator was falling. Yes. <laughs> falling off of this story. Uh-oh. Notice the kid was dead. Notice Tony was dead and is just like falling over. <laughs> is Tony. going faint. Tony had, uh, in the interim period, like, regained enough consciousness to, like, move, but then passed out again and just kept rolling down the hill. (laughs) So what happened was, like, oh, it's a mystery. Where did he go? Meanwhile, a few feet down, there's just this rolling kid, like that bit from the beginning of Kung Pao. (laughs) 
he's just relating the story to himself as he goes because it's such yeah. a long way down. Well, I guess I'm in this for the long haul. I'm glad I'm narrowly missing just about every tree and sharp rock on this particular trail. Hmm. Going <laughs> to take a couple of tons just in case. There was no sign he'd been there, except for some blood had pooled by the rock where he'd struck his head. It was still wet and red on the sandstone. I looked around and called for him. I ran a short distance each way around the rock. I didn't see a sign of him. Not a footprint in mud, a drop of blood, anything. Mm. One of my friends was still paralyzed, and another of my friend's leg was broken, but, <laughs> I mean, they, they weren't going anywhere. <laughs> hey, guys, so, we've got a so, mystery. So when I read Tony was gone, I thought they meant, like, Tony was dead, but no, I guess he just fucking hoofed it out of there. You know what would be you know what would be even worse though is if he's there the whole time like Tony Tony and meanwhile like uh, Tony is down on the under uh, uh, back where the other two are just like strangling them to death. <laughs> no, he's like hiding in trees. It's like they tried to kill me. They're trying to kill each other, and so he's just like he's he's becoming like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Pred- and Predator, <laughs> and he's just like I gotta hide. I've got to craft a bow and arrow out of with woodcraft and everything and then he just like comes out of nowhere and starts killing them while it's playing disturbed and it's like and he's like he's naked and he's covered in mud and he's just killing them with hatchets it's just it it just becomes the film predator yeah for all we know that's how this turns out yeah I mean, okay, real quick. Um, I mean, we're 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 going into a lot of goofy jokes and tangents here, but uh, how are we feeling about the story so far, in general? I like it. It's intriguing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The story itself is really really didn't take long to pull me in. This like there's some there's some like sentences like the numerous times like, there's a lot of sentences that could be worded a lot better. So like the rhetoric could be tweaked a bit with another edit, but the story itself is actually really interesting and engaging. Yeah, I'm actually, like, just, I was going to say, all joking inside, I'm actually genuinely intrigued to know what's happening, because, like, yeah. right. this, this feels like it, like a, suddenly this is going to turn into, like, some, a really grim survivor kind <clears throat> of story, you know? Yeah, it's interesting how little it took to really spiral out of control. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got barely any setup before everything was all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> All it took was Tony being his normal, normal, um, obnoxious self to to make everything go wrong. And, and to be fair, Eric kind of being himself. <laughs> That's a good point. Sam was just a Sam, and and Sam actually Sam being himself too, in that he wouldn't agree to the friend pact. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think it's it's me now, isn't it? It is you. I something else as I searched. <clears throat> yeah, the sounds seemed to be fading away. I could hardly hear the rain around me. I couldn't even hear my footsteps in the shallow puddles on the ground. I couldn't even hear Sam, although I had been seconds although I had been seconds before. As we were just talking about the rhetoric being iffy. Uh, my own voice seemed muffled to my ears. I had been afraid before, but I'd never known the sound to fade away like that. Hmm. I began to feel something. Not the feeling you get when you're being watched, but the one you get when someone you fear is standing right over you. I turned, and there was no one there, of course. The feeling didn't let up. It seemed to go stronger and stronger. There was nothing to hear, not even my own breathing or the beat of my heart. As your heart beat to the beat of the drum, uh, I ran back 
to where I left the other two scouts. As fast as I could run towards anything, slowly I could hear again that Sam was still screaming in pain and cursing out Eric. Eric barely barely moved his head to look at me when I arrived. Sam went quiet after I told him Tony, of Tony's disappearance. It's funny you mention that song, because I have a feeling all these kids are going to die young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> How was all Sam could think to say. I felt that sensation again of a presence all around me again. It was faint, but noticeable. I don't know. Sam, how are your arms? Can I carry you out of here pack strap style? I had two years and 18 inches of height on Sam, so I knew I could carry him out. Plus, he was basically twisted like a pretzel, and I could just carry him like a briefcase. (laughs) (laughs) Sam said I would. Whatever presence I was feeling, he seemed aware of it, too, through his pain. And he didn't need to be sold on being taken out of the park, painful though it would surely be. Yet, never mind the weird presence, he's kind of, like, hurt. I got out of my first aid kit quickly. I got out my first aid kit quickly, sorry. Left my pack on the ground and hastily made him a splint. He screamed as I lifted him up on my back. He screamed, Mr. Illiterate! (laughs) (laughs) And... I, I calmly replied, Mr. Illiterate can't help you now. <laughs> Wait, what about me? Eric asked, some emotion back in his voice. I glanced over at him. His eyes were wide and his skin was becoming pale. I could only carry one person. You must die. We'll get <laughs> the help as soon as get you help as soon as possible. We're gonna, I like that re- you. We're gonna have to eat you, Eric. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they're really downplaying this whole, like, presence thing, which I kind of like. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm being a dick and dra- drawing attention to it. That way it doesn't surprise us when uh, Tony comes out of... starts. Yeah, Tony <laughs> comes out of nowhere with a hatchet and starts killing them all. <laughs> when this next sentence starts with, but what if whatever made Tony disappear, looking back on Eric, I find it hard to fault him now. He was just a kid. He had made a mistake, meaning only a little, if any, harm. <clears throat> the a smaller amount of harm that we'd all inflicted on Tony time and again. <laughs> then he'd seen all his life, all his accomplishments, his future, all about to be tarnished because of what he'd accidentally done to someone we all mostly thought of as dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, boy. He overreacted like probably many of us would back when we had little life experience and perspective <laughs> of a guy in his lower teens. But at the time, I just glared at him for a second as he lay twisted and helpless on the ground, reaching up to me. In in my in my uh, more mature years, I realized any of us in our stupid youth would have pushed that kid down a hill to certain death. <laughs> and then wanted to leave him to die and say it was his own fault so we wouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> The story would be a lot better if I imagined that it was narrated by, uh, oh, Christ, what's the name of the black guy with freckles, likes penguins? Morgan oh, Freeman. Morgan, Morgan, Morgan Freeman, yeah. <laughs> For a split second, I almost said Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> That'd work, too, frankly. I like that you went with likes penguins in, instead of, like, any of the other way more notable <laughs> Morgan Freeman things. Any of the other Bruce Wayne. Played God. 
Right, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Are you saying God doesn't like penguins? Maybe. Right, look, look, look where he put them. <laughs> uh, well, um, mm. yeah, that's that's fair. all right. Checkmate, atheist, you got me. <laughs> in tuxes, no less. He put them up in the Arctic with little tux- tuxes. It's one of those warm water penguins, anyway. <laughs> Maybe you deserved it. I told him. I turned my back on him and began carrying Sam out of the park. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt Tony. I wasn't going to drop Sam. I was bluffing. I'm sorry. I'll do anything you want if you get me out of here. I'll give you everything. Please, don't leave me alone. What was that? There's there's something out here. Come back. Please, I swear I'll do anything. Please, please, come back. His voice quickly faded. (laughs) The sound of rain and Sam's pain resumed. As I walked, the feeling of that presence faded as well. Please, please, come back. I had almost a mile to go in the rain before there would be a house with a phone, and Sam was moaning and wincing practically every step. I made slow, frustrating progress for a hundred yards before I slipped and landed heavily on my knee. Sam screeched in my ear after his upper chest hit my shoulder. I think I broke a rib back there. You can't carry me like this. I didn't know how he could have broken a rib and only started to feel it now, but I wasn't about to argue. As carefully as I could in my anxiety, I placed him on the ground in a sitting position and switched to the carrying style, switched the carrying style to firefighter carrying style so that he was mostly over my shoulder. <laughs> Is that better? Is that better? I asked him when he when I'd hoisted him back up. He had winced again as I held him up. Uh, well, you're basically putting your ribs on your shoulder directly, but, uh, all right. <laughs> it still hurts, but it's better. We rounded a curve on the trail and were approaching a fairly gentle slope when the park, where the parking lot was situated. I thought of it then as the end of the park. Sam had begun to feel easier to carry, so I felt that I'd be able to make it out of this forest. I remember that since... I'd been in the park many times before, and even with another scout on my back being carried like this, who was constantly voicing his pain, things were coming back to normal. I'm not crazy, right? That was, like, really clumsily worded. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, Whatever feeling I'd experienced over where I thought Tony's disappearance was going away, that one too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not me. Like, yeah, it's not you. Two, 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 two times. Not me. <laughs> over where I had thought Tony disappeared. Oh, he's, he's talking about the feeling, like that weird presence feeling. He's like, oh, okay, well maybe yeah. I was just imagining it or whatever. No, I think I we think, get what it means. Yeah. 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 After, after a few reads and a bit of struggling, it seems I say this to a lot of writers on the wiki and in, in general, but like a lot of uh, writing issues are solved by just saying what you want to say in as few words as possible, and I think mm. that would really do a lot of wonders for the the problematic passages throughout this story it's just like tightening it up you get rid of all the unnecessary words you figure out better ways to say it and then it's just easier to read as a result yeah and other than like you know and for the most part it's pretty tight though i mean it's just like anybody's you're gonna miss a few yeah yeah things began to feel so normal that the idea tony had just gotten up and walked away and emergency services would find him soon was believable 
I guess what I felt was that all I had to do was carry Sam, and then it would be up to the adults to take care of all of this shit. All this shit, just fucking adults, please solve the problem. <laughs> adults pulse. It's like that. Old, it's like that old quote about um, when you're a kid, you you think that the adults know what's going on, and then you grow up and you get worried because you're an adult and you realize you have no idea what the fuck's going on. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh Jesus! Sam suddenly said quietly, "Run, run, run, fucking run!" Before I could ask or turn to see what I was to run from, he struck me as hard as he could on the side. He did this again and again, even after I started running. It was difficult to run even a few steps with such a heavy, awkward weight. It became easier when I noticed something that was already too familiar. Sam's voice became quieter, even as he thrashed and screeched more shrilly on my back. He might have said what it was or described anything about it, but within seconds he was as muted as my silent steps in the puddles on the pathway. Ooh. Mm. Spoopy. I reached the bottom of the incline. Sam was convulsing then, which I felt was a sign that whatever I was trying to flee was getting closer. Yeah, uh, he was still hitting me in the side, but it was weaker and more erratically. The path up the hill was full of loose rocks and gravel. In weather like this, it was impossible to keep a solid foothold, but by some miracle I was able to run up it and maintaining a hold of him even as he practically seemed to be trying to break free and I was trembling. I remember thinking that I faintly heard something then, something like a splash. That had to be a good sign. Uh, Halfway up the hill, I felt a horrible sensation in my feet. They were going numb. I remember not understanding why, or even with all the momentum I had built up, even with all the momentum I had built up, my feet landed awkwardly. Like I'd slipped on ice, but still landed on my feet. I barely had time to feel pain in my ankles because they went numb as well. I was barely able to stumble forward before the numbness climbed up to my knees. My legs were useless then. I fell forward, practically face first. Sam got free, even with his fractures, flipped over and crawled up the hill. I tried myself. I could feel the numbness had reached my ribcage by then, but dragged myself across the rocks. I remember perfectly the sight of Sam dragging himself, too, while twitching and trembling as he crawled. A force hit the back of my head that felt like a construction beam dropped from a crane. (laughs) I I really like that line. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My, My face went into the ground, rocks stabbing into my cheeks hard enough to break the skin, and I seemed to lose all fight and flight instinct. I just lay there like a breathing corpse. Even if I hadn't been numb, I didn't have any energy, any hope, any understanding of what was happening to me. I didn't even have the courage to lift my hood up and see what was happening around me. I don't know how long I lay there. The numbness left me, but I still didn't lift my hood. So a little light was coming in under my hood that night might have fallen and I wouldn't have been able to tell. A long time later, by my logic, the rain stopped. A longer time after that, I began to hear again. I heard birds tweeting, cars driving by from what sounded like miles away. I didn't move. And in the end, I was feeling numb and nothing mattered. 
After a long time of only hearing the sounds of nature, I heard footsteps approaching me. They stopped suddenly and then clearly changed to those of someone running to me. You all right? An old man whose name I don't remember said as he leaned over and pulled my hood back. I looked up at him. Rocks still stabbed into my face. He went see he saw it. Crash, kid, what happened to you? Oh, I got stabbed in the face by rocks. I just woke up in a Denny's parking lot. You ask me. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Actually, that's the next line. I don't know, I said. Whoa. I still don't know. I don't want to. I know that Eric, Tony, and Sam were never found, nor was any trace of anything that might have been and might have made them disappear. I learned even that. Re- I, I learned even that reluctantly. Look for answers. Hell, I don't even go near forests any longer. We don't go near the forest. Staying away <laughs> from forest isn't enough. I developed a need for sound always. After a minute without the hearing, without the hearing something. After a minute without the hearing something. Okay. Yeah, I that's feel not you. anxious. Yeah. Uh, sleeping without it is impossible. Where, uh, if wherever got my fellow scouts comes for me, I want as much warning as I can get. <clears throat> that brings me to the reason I'm sharing this. Lately, even with music at full volume and me screaming my lungs out, I've been experiencing minutes of silence. At home, at work, out driving when I've gone on visits, I've been experiencing it. It's been many years since the end of my last camping trip, but it seems like I'm about to feel that presence again. When it wants, I believe it'll make me experience a silence that will never end. Credit, Credit to, to Dustin Koski. Dustin Koski. That's the polite clap. Golf clap. Here comes Hips the golf clap. clap. Hips or clap, or you just snap your fingers? I'm doing snaps, yeah. Yep. I'm beating Nick Bob. Can I get you some snaps? Um, so, um, you know, that was a, hmm, that was a much better camping trip than the last one we went. Well, there was, uh, before, before Huntsville, there was Huntsville, and then there was that other camping trip near Huntsville where we went, met the gibbering jerker. <laughs> or was it a Nancy's goat man? I, I forgot about the gibbering jerker. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, um, you know, this one, what, what, what? How do you guys feel about this trip we just took? I don't know how to um, feel about the the ending with like I don't go back to the forest. Like, oh god, like what? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Cut out. Oh, um, I thought that was me. <laughs> oh no. no. no that was... Okay. Um, no, I don't know how to feel about the ending with the whole. Uh, we don't go back to the forest kind of thing. Uh-huh. That's just a little bit too much for me. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't just have it be the silence thing instead. Mm-hmm. That seems like a better ending. I don't know. I thought um, when it was just the kids, like, turning on each other and going, like, blood simple, that was when it was the most engaging to me. And then as the yeah. supernatural yeah. elements started to come in, it started to it started to lose me a little bit. 
and especially when it was it became one of those like this weird thing happened and I'm not going to explain anything about it. We'll have no idea what happened. It it's not as much like a leaving certain things unanswered to leave it to the imagination as much as it is just like a kind of cop out. You know, this weird thing came out of nowhere and we'll never know what it was. It's like it's, it's a very it's a very abrupt ending. Yeah. It that. The, there the were some good points during yeah during the uh, during the supernatural stuff. There were some good descriptions and like the where he's his friend suddenly tells him Jesus run run fucking run. That was actually pretty scary. But for the most part, like the supernatural element is where it really lost me. And I felt like if the whole thing was just like this primal human drama with these kids, uh, it would have been much more engaging all the way through. But you were saying dead palette. Oh, I mean, it ending abruptly really doesn't bother me but uh someone in the comments is pointing out why was this child spared and not the other ones um, i was about to say the same thing honestly yeah that too uh the, the abruptness i like i like abruptness in these kinds of stories abruptness is a very real thing because you get blindsided by shit and that that's how real life horror is like they they didn't expect any of this shit to happen yeah um I, I feel some something about the supernatural stuff does bother me. I'm having trouble putting my finger on what it is. Um, I like the idea of there's a human drama and then they get blindsided by something supernatural, but uh, there wasn't any umph to the supernatural to me. That's that's something else too. It's like we have in one story we have two instances of different kinds of horror blindsiding the same characters, and the blindside the human horror blindsiding is actually done really effectively and believably. The supernatural element really just kind of comes out of nowhere, like it's like an arbitrary supernatural element. So I think it's it's a good example of like something it's like something slapping these kids in the face. Uh, done right, and something slapping these kids in the face kind of done wrong, or could at least be done much more effectively with another draft or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, I think we've we, we've come across, you know, so often to the whole thing about like, um, whatever presence was in, you know, whatever the menacing presence, supernatural presence is in the story is it has followed me back. It's like, I don't know if it's that, again, the supernatural part. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page as you. I'm glad for the sake, for, you know, for Dustin's sake here, too, that it wasn't a, um, it was, we never saw anything that makes it a lot better. The The presence yeah. of the, the dampening of noise is kind of a, kind of an eerie thing. And I think that that worked, worked okay. I like that our protagonist never saw, our narrator never saw anything. And it so, made sense that he never saw it, too, because, like, the one chance he would have had to actually see it, he, his friend's like, don't stop and look, you idiot, just run. Right, <laughs> And he had right. to take his word for it. So it made sense that he wouldn't actually look at it. Yeah, that's more effective to me. And if I weren't so jaded on the um, the whole uh, – and worse examples, I would say, of lately this element of the supernatural thing has been bleeding into my normal life, and it's starting to freak me out because I think it means it's coming for me. Yeah. I uh, – I mean, granted, those are usually done worse and in a worse context. I think, I think the supernatural parts are okay. They're not standout-ish. Like again, the beginning of the story is very strong. The human drama, very strong. The human potential human horror, very strong. Uh, that part's where it starts to you know go downhill a little bit for me. But then, then that part at the end, I'm like, okay, that's a way you could handle like the the thing is creeping back up on me. Okay, but I'm not a fan of that trope in general in creepy pasta. You know what I mean? 
Actually, since yeah. you brought since you brought it up, I noticed something else that we have three tiers of. Uh, I want to say three tiers of originality in this story. Like the first part where it's just a human drama is really interesting and, and fresh. And then when he starts bringing the supernatural element out of nowhere, it starts to feel a little more cliche. And then at the, when you get to the end where it's like, for some reason it spared me, but I think it's coming for me. That's like the, as the most cliche thing in the whole story is that right. last part. So right. it's like, it's just, it's like starting like a really good, fresh original story. And it's just nose diving into typical creepypasta territory. Yes. Yep. Uh, well, at least that's how how um, I you know that's how I'm feeling, and I think you you uh, nail that pretty well, honestly. Any other any other thoughts? No, I'm disappointed that they didn't turn out to be dogs. <laughs> yeah, we still don't really... know they didn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed that the story didn't end with uh, you know the 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 sound muting, and then you know like. The, the main character just turning around and having the last sentence be, I can't hear you very well. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> thank you for getting the reference. Anyway, <laughs> um, freshness ratings. Do we want to give the story some freshness ratings? Yeah. Uh, I'll say I'll say it's fresh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like a seven. I got a seven seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. That's kind of how I was feeling too. Actually, I give it about a seven cars out of Denny's parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Is it a big Denny's parking lot or a medium sized Denny's parking lot? It's pretty average. Lot? Probably medium. Okay. Okay. Seven cars out of average size Denny's parking lot it is. <laughs> Just the Denny's part, not like the connecting parking lot for the other. I'm going to give it the usual complicated, uh, you know, food analogy. Imagine the story with its three tiers as a three-course meal. And the, you get you get the appetizer, and it's really good. Like, you know, you're given, like, a, like a, a good salad. And you're like, yeah, awesome, sweet. And then the spaghetti comes out, and you're like, and I know... I know Dead Palate hates pasta, but bear with me. The food, the next, the next course comes out, and you're like, oh, okay, this is it's still enjoyable, but I mean, it's it's not exactly blowing my mind. Then you get to the end, you're kind of you're kind of already a little jaded with the with the. You're still remembering how good the 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 appetizer was. You get to the dessert portion, and you're like, no, it's not bad per se, but it's just like I, my appetite's kind of disappeared. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a pretty accurate way to describe the reading experience of this. Yeah, that's kind of what what I'm thinking. Um, so that's our, I guess that's our uh, final opinion on my last camping trip. <sighs> I still enjoyed reading it though. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Oh yeah, it was good. Uh, Dustin, it just it just always it always sucks when like the worst part is the end though, because yeah. then it's just like. <laughs> like it it puts it puts a downer on the rest of the story. Yeah, I think um, I'm now definitely interested in reading uh, more of uh, Dustin's uh, Dustin's other stories, though. Yeah. So, gentlemen, how about how about some plugs for for our listeners? Where where can we? Okay. So what I what I have to plug is that on Valentine's Day, I'm putting out a video adaptation of 
I'm a necrophiliac, but that's not the issue. It's a short story I really like. Uh, I didn't write it, and it's not going to be my Patreon thing for this month, but that's like the big thing for this month is I'm a necrophiliac, but that's not the issue. Valentine's Day, week after that, analysis of that story, because I love that story. Ooh, I love it by the title already. <laughs> uh, who wrote that story? Uh, Rydene, a Redditor named... Rydene. All right. Didn't you just release an episode that uh, with uh, in collaboration with uh, Prasicor? Oh yes, I did. I did um, Tracks in the Snow, which is on Prasicor's channel, and then uh, that one case that he did. It, that's the name of the story. That one case, and it's on my channel. Oh, fun. So his his narrations on my channel, and my narrations on his channel. Excellent. Uh, both both written by him. Cool. Alan? Yes. Uh, I had uh, two ch- videos go up on the Ignis Bergamentum channel. Uh, they are a video that's not fiction. It's just me talking about a video game that very much inspired me to uh, delve into horror. And uh, the second one is the uh, third part of my Revolver series. Oh. And those are both up now. Also, what just went up is an episode of The Witching Hour, uh, where Sade and I review The Bye Bye Man. <laughs> I did listen to that one. That one was that was really uh, that was really funny. Spoilers! It was fucking terrible. <laughs> okay, I'm definitely listening now because I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, definitely give it a listen if you can. Um, and uh, so, and especially, you know, that that uh, the the first one you mentioned, the, the the one about the video game that inspired you. Yes. Yeah, it's it's great. I didn't know that Buck Bumble had that much of an impact on your life. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and Mike. How you, how you... How are you just going to drop a Buck Bumble reference in your podcast like, <laughs> like a fresh turd? <laughs> it was literally the first thing that came to my mind. I'm quite proud of it. It says, it says podcast will do what the fuck he wants. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's all I have now that Midnight Marinara is on, on hiatus. Temporarily, though, right? Like Temporarily hiatus. Literally all he has is Buck Bumble. <laughs> all I have is Buck Bumble and my memories. Memory, memories of Danny's parking lots. Oh God, Mike, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, well, mostly just my website, Mike'sToyBox.net. That's where anything I do and post or publish anywhere in the world, in the universe, I have links to it on there. Uh, last year, I published three books, uh, and I'm also doing this weird little cartoon strip called on Tapastic.com called uh, "The Tourist's Guide to Hell," where I took. Uh, I took a classic work of art from like the 1930s collage art and I added funny captions to it to turn it into a gag panel strip. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hit or miss. It's a little, it's really weird. If you like, like fucked up surrealist humor, you probably really dig it. I'm down for that. I'll look it up. So, uh, David, did you ever get a buck bumble pack? No. In the UK, you could buy Buck Bumble with a striped black and yellow rumble pack called the Buck Bumble Pack. 
<laughs> what? So, I have a question about Buck Bumble. Do Buck Bumbles bounce? <laughs> Do Buck Bumbles bounce? <laughs> these are these are questions that I I cannot I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Buck Bumbles bounce. Oh God. What have I done? And everyone, everyone, everyone remember, <laughs> everyone remember to uh, re- retweet this episode with the hashtag <laughs> hashtag buck, buck bumble pack and hashtag p i a d p l w d w p i a d p w d hashtag fucking, fucking Christ, are we done yet? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and so it's going to next time when we read Bishop Shelby. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't. But. Well, you're yeah, you won't you're going to you're going to go to sleep, right? Are are you guys doing that now? We, I mean, we cuz if you are, I will be going and taking a nap cuz I'm fucking tired. No, that's the, fair. The rest the rest of the podcast today is going to be like silence while we're sleeping. In tribute to the silence in the story. Yep. We're just going to sleep live. The story is just the, this podcast is going to end with the sound slowly and slowly getting quieter. <laughs> until the end and then it's just gonna be a long pause and people could be like what the hell and then suddenly uh, this not, podcast is part not, of the Bedview network not if i'm here i get screaming night boners <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is a part of the Bedview network you can find this and other podcasts like it at bendviewnetwork.com <laughs>